Hello and a warm welcome to the MoveList 52 podcast from your hosts Roland and Galena. I'm Roland and I am a skill-based weight loss coach who lost 110 pounds myself 17 years ago, kept it off ever since, and now I help my clients and readers to do the same. And I'm Galena, I'm a movement specialist and a trauma therapist, supporting people with chronic and persistent pain and recovering from emotional eating. This is your first time with us. Head on over to eatmovelift52.com slash podcast guest. Get your free download and uh, see how you can work with us. And now on to the show. Hi, and welcome to the Eat, Move, Live 52 podcast. Today we have our friend Maria Hickman. I'm so excited to have Maria here. Welcome. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Maria and I go way back to a previous lifetime. I had just arrived in the States and uh, it was the first place where I worked. Maria owned an athletic training facility in Orange County. Seems like at least three or four lifetimes ago for you, Maria. But I just remember how many things you were juggling back then and I am delighted eight years later to see the outcome of all that juggling. But before we get in there, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Maria. Maria is a certified health coach and brain health coach. She believes that food can be medicine when used properly. Within her own family, the proper use of food has cured numerous diseases. Her husband had high blood pressure, constant headaches, and aches and play- pains. Her husband had high <laughs> blood pressure. Her husband had high blood pressure, constant headaches, and aches and pains from playing football in the NFL. Maria was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, and her children suffered from ADHD, eczema, asthma, and leaky gut. All of this is gone with making simple, slow changes to what she calls the four pillars of health. Maria specializes in working with kids with ADD, all seven types, behavioral weight, and skin issues. Although she loves to work with kids, she has many adult clients that have decided to get healthy. We have Maria here today, and she is our first guest who specializes in working with kids and whole family health, which is just incredibly inspiring, and we can't wait for you guys to learn from her. So Maria, a second welcome. Thank you. So can you start off with sharing a little bit of your personal story? Where were you in your life when you first became interested in health? And what was the defining moment when you said, that's it, I'm turning my life around? Yeah. So, well, it's interesting because it really started at Athlete's Choice. The journey started there and started kind of with you putting a little seed um, in me in regards to sugar. We did um, a sugar workshop an addicted to sugar workshop at the gym with you and one of your friends. And I attended it and was blown away by it. But, you know, that was just the seed that was kind of planted. And then with running the gym at that time, I think I had the five kids that were under 10 years old, maybe even eight years old at that time. I can't remember juggling everything. My body was so stressed out. It was just, I, I just couldn't do anymore. And during that time, if you remember, I was having a really hard time losing weight. You would try to get me in, to go into classes and I was burnt out. I was so tired. I was eating somewhat healthy, or at least I thought I was, but I just could not lose weight either. And I was exhausted all the time. 
And a lot of times I would go to the doctor and they would chalk it up as you have five kids, you're a gym owner, you are juggling a ton of things. You know, this is quite normal for somebody who's in your position, but I knew it wasn't normal. I knew there was something else. And I had gone to several doctors and I almost felt like a hypochondriac, like I was making this stuff up because everybody kept telling me everything is fine. Everything is fine. And, um, and then we moved to Arizona, sold the gym, moved to Arizona and the stress got even worse. And I started having globs of my hair falling out. I started getting panic attacks, which I had never had before in my life. Again, the weight loss just wouldn't come off. And at this point, I was really trying to eat healthier. Just I could not get the weight off and um, extremely stressed. Then the time in Arizona came to an end and we made our final move here to Ohio. And I found a doctor that I pressed on and pressed on. And I said, I know there's something wrong with me. You have to help me. So he went and did a further test than just the normal thyroid test that they normally do. He went a little bit deeper and found out that I had Hashimoto's. And I remember when he told me, you have Hashimoto's and more than likely you're going to need to go on a thyroid medicine. Right away, I went to thinking, okay, thyroid medicine, you're on it for a lifetime. And I was scared to death. And then he also kind of told me that, you know, if this goes untreated and you don't take care of it and continues, this can lead to MS and it can be serious. So I went home that night and like I cried. I could not believe it. For somebody who was always involved with athletics and tried to eat healthy and tried to do the right thing, I was shocked that, that this could be happening to me. And I was determined to not go on medicine. At this point in time, Kevin was already on medicine for high blood pressure medicine or high blood pressure. He had, when we were in California, he had um, almost had a heart attack and was rushed to the hospital. And um, I thought, no, we're not going to have another person on meds. We're not going to, I'm just not going to have a house like this. So I started researching, found out triggers to Hashimoto's, stress was a huge one, gluten is a huge one. And I just got really serious at that point in my life. And I remember the pivotal thing for me was having an image in my head. And it was me in a wheelchair thinking, okay, if this progresses to MS, this is going to be my life. And so every time I was you know, tempted to have something with gluten in it or tempted to have something with sugar or be in a stressful situation and not calm myself down, that was like the image, and I, and I do this with my clients too, I always tell them, pick an image. And there was an image that would come to my mind, and that cake wasn't worth it. The cookie was not worth it. And that was really the turning point in my life when I decided, okay, society, the food industry, big pharma, all of these things are not going to hold me anymore. I'm taking back control of my life, and I'm, and I'm going to do it. And so that was when my personal journey um, changed and when I changed my entire life of eating, wellness, um, just the way I looked at life in general. Amazing. And at what point did you look at your kids too and say, wow, this is not just me and my husband, Kevin, my kids also need this. Right. So I kind of cleaned up myself first and Kevin started noticing uh, the differences that were being made in my life. And I, of course, was the one who was cooking for everybody. So 
things started changing. I mean, the kids had their own kind of meal plan, but Kevin and I were eating off of what I was eating and he started to feel a little bit better. And then it was in uh, November, I went to a cooking class with Dr. Mark Hyman, who is like, I just look up to him so much. I love his philosophy on things. And I went to a cooking class with him and heard about his 10 day detox at the cooking class. And I thought, all right, why not? I can do, I can do anything for 10 days. And I was thinking the detox was going to be like most detoxes that you hear where you're starving all the time and just drinking juices. But at this point I was like, I'm going to anything. I'm willing to try anything. So I ordered the book and Kevin was willing to do it with me at the beginning of the year. So we started like January 3rd, I think it was when we started the detox. Well, within three days into the program, Kevin could not take his blood pressure medicine anymore because his blood pressure was so low. So he was in awe. He could not believe it. He had not been off of blood pressure medicine for over 10 years. And even on blood pressure medicine, his blood pressure was never as low as it was day three of the 10 day detox. And the detox was awesome. We still ate amazing food. We were never hungry. And he was sold. He was like, wow, this is amazing. So since that day, he has never taken a blood pressure pill since. Wow. We basically stayed on that diet. That's how we eat now. It's just whole real food, um, barely any processed food. And so once he got healthy, then we were like, why are we eating so healthy and taking care of ourselves, but we're not taking care of our kids? We're still letting them eat mac and cheese and processed foods. Why, why are we doing this? And a big part of it was, is because what do you do with kids? Society kind of looks at you crazy if you take away Taco Bell or, you know, pizza rolls, all these things. Like, how dare you not let your kids have ice cream and, and all this stuff? So it was really hard. And of course, at this time, my oldest was, let me think, he was 12. So he had 12 years of eating crap. and it was hard for him. And, and I, and he's a very picky eater to begin with. So, I mean, when I tell you picky, he is so picky because <laughs> having ADHD, he has Asperger's. So he's got sensory stuff that goes on when it comes mm-hmm. to food. And so you're like, okay, he's going to be a hardest. The rest of them kind of just came along and, and I just didn't buy the crap anymore. So they, there was really nothing else to eat in the house. So it took a while but once they start started to feel a lot better and once they saw the difference, like my son who had leaky gut, this was a different one than the one with ADHD. He no longer had these digestive issues and things going on. His eyes were just like, okay, so the food was doing that? And I'm like, yes, the food was doing that. And my daughter who had eczema and asthma no longer needed to do breathing treatments and the bumps on her skin were going away. And she was slightly overweight. I mean, I don't like to put that on a kid, but she had a little few too many pounds on her. And within six months, she slimmed up and just looked so healthy. And so it, it was at that point, once Kevin and I both got healthy, that we just thought that's kind of selfish that we're doing this for ourselves, but we're not giving this to our kids. So, yeah, I, I think Roland, Roland can probably relate to this, you know, cause he went through his whole getting healthy journey while having little kids. Mm-hmm. What comes to you as you listen to Maria? Well, I mean, part of me thinks, wow, I'm so you're so lucky that the whole family was on board, or at least that your husband was on board at first. 
because it really sends this right message. And I think of so many families where one parent is on board, right, to combat their health issues or their weight, and the other parent isn't. So it's really hard to get the kids to eat healthier when they see one parent living it up, you know, and the other one is, uh, and the other one's in their mind eating, you know, super restricted food or something like that. It's Absolutely. hard. And it's a total mind shift change. Like for a while, I would say for about a year, Kevin wasn't necessarily on board. He ate the food because I made the dinner, but he was not eating healthy at all. And as the one who was trying to get healthy and trying to eat right, it was frustrating because you know what you're doing is the right thing to do. But you know, my encouragement to others is do the best that you can do. Don't allow it to cause fights between you or rifts because it, it's, it's a journey for everybody and everybody is on their own journey and you can't make somebody do something that they don't want to do, but you can just be the example. And as being the example, people, if they like what they see, are going to come on board eventually. But if you try and force it, everyone's going to, especially kids, you know, they're, they're going to rebel against it and they're going to sneak food. And then that creates a whole different issue with food, you know? Well, and I'm thinking specifically having met your kids and your husband being around athletic performance and football there's so much of bringing snacks and uh, all these performance drinks and pizza after games. And there's such a culture around athletics that is almost like, well, as long as you're active, you can drink all these sugar drinks. And sometimes they're even promoted for little kids. Yeah, it is. Um, so my kids drink water. And one thing that I tell people all the time is kids, even up through high school, and I'll venture to say even professional athletes, there's, they, don't, they don't need much more than water if they're properly hydrated. Now, there are some instances where somebody needs, they're dehydrated and they need more. But it, to me, like a Gatorade or something like that, the sugar completely outweighs the benefits of it. So especially young children, they just don't exert enough energy to need that type of replenishment and water and a little bit of Himalayan sea salt works awesome. Um, so, you know, when it comes to that, my kids sometimes are the oddballs out there, the ones with water. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, and then in, in regards to, I kind of live the 90, 10 rule. So my house is a safe place. My house is a sanctuary where I know these kids are getting fed pure, good ingredients. When they go to parties or if their team does have like a pizza party after, um, it's hands off. If you guys want to eat that, you know, eat it. Most of the time I will tell you, they'll maybe have one piece and they know what it's going to do to them. So they don't really engage in too much of it. But I never want them to feel like, oh, you're, you know, you're the kid who doesn't eat the pizza or you're the kid who doesn't participate. It's teaching them good eating habits. So, you know, I personally am fine with never eating that type of food again. I, I'm able to navigate my way through, but, I, but they also have to, it's their journey. So they have to learn it too. And I've watched, I've seen where, you know, it's like, okay, if they're having pizza, go ahead. And they will literally, some of the times they don't have anything. They just say they're not hungry and thank you. And then they'll eat when they get home. But other times if they're really hungry, they'll have a piece of pizza. And then on the way home, they're like, oh, why did I do that? You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, it's a learning lesson for all of us. We're, we all have those moments. 
I think it's great that you're not making it a hundred percent roll because that's that's about to cause some some backfire. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so cool when they can be their own observers and notice, hey, I just did this and it caused this. So maybe I can learn from experience and you know perhaps wait to come home for dinner and just have a little bite of this. It is. I mean, it's their that's what we're supposed to be doing with kids is is giving them foundations, right? Like when they're young and then they take that with them. And, you know, I'm not foolish when it just like in faith, you give them a foundation of faith and then they go off to college and sometimes they go wayward, but they have that foundation there. And so when it comes to proper eating, I want to give them the proper foundation. And if they go wayward for a while and they come back, at least they know, they understand the why. And that's, one of the things that I like to teach people that I work with is the why behind everything, not just do this and eat this. It's, it's why do you want to eat that way? What does it do to your body when you don't? And for the most part, everybody, once they understand the why they are just excited and geared up to make those changes in their life. That's awesome. So earlier you mentioned having like you've seen doctors sort of on both sides of the fence, sort of a traditional doctor and a more holistic sounding doctor. So where do like where do you see these things like crossing over or overlapping? Like, do you have any wisdom for parents whose kids are prescribed medicine but considering going more towards using food and lifestyle as a as a healing option? Yeah. So in regard specifically to ADD, it really depends. We have kids that are on the spectrum that absolutely need medicine there there's no doubt in my mind they have to be on medicine and whether they're able to wean off that medicine it is up to between them and their doctor um but you know i kind of come in and and the support to help with the whole food and holistic way but then there's other kids and i would say this is more the majority that are on medicine that don't need to be because it's the fastest thing to do and the easiest thing to do is to give a pill. Changing your diet and your lifestyle is a lot harder. And so some of those, those are, those are the ones I work with that eventually can get off the medicine. But really that is something, and I believe in conventional medicine, there's a purpose, there's a place for it, absolutely. I just think that we have gotten way too quick to prescribe things. And unfortunately, medical doctors don't have a nutritional background. They, they don't learn this in medical school. So they're not taught to look at food and diet and lifestyle and sleep, which is huge. Um, you know, have asked them to order a micronutrient blood panel, and they don't understand why in the world you would do that. But these are important parts of a child or an adult with either ADHD, weight issues, um, autoimmune disease, these are all like hugely important to know. But unfortunately, you know, you don't know what you don't know and these doctors don't get the training in it. And so that's why I feel like health coaches and doctors really need to come alongside each other and help each other and not be afraid of one another. Um, You know, I work hard with the clients that I work with to break that wall down with their doctors and don't be afraid of me. I'm not this, you know, voodoo person that's going to come in and all this crazy stuff. I want to work with you, but let's get the patient better. And I, 
and I'm not, you know, dogging on doctors, but I feel like we're in a society right now where it is get them sick, give them something to kind of baseline them, but don't get them too healthy because if you get them too healthy, then our business goes away. And I'm not saying that every doctor does that, but I just feel like there is this thing out there where this is kind of the culture in in the medical field. And I just want to break that. It's like, you're always going to have enough patients, but let's do right by them. Let's get them healthier and let's work together with it. I, I just feel like patients that have these issues, they need a team around them. They need a nutritionist. They need a dietitian. They need a doctor. And we got to get it. We got to get it better. So. Yeah. And I find as health coaches, there's so much that uh, we do to help people implement what their RDs or their doctors are recommending. And, you know, no one has time. Your doctor isn't going to come and do a, a kitchen cleanup and a pantry organization. And uh, they're not going to teach you how to make simple recipes. Um, neither is your RD because, you know, they're most of the time they're in hospital settings. They have a high caseload. And I feel like with the number of cases we have and how much more conditions like ADD are getting sometimes overdiagnosed, but sometimes properly diagnosed, we don't have enough medical professionals who are very highly paid and specialized to come and do implementation, even if they could. So we need an army of implementers and um, programs like the one you're going to talk about in a little bit are so important. Yes, I agree. We just got to got to break down that barrier of being, I don't know if it's fear, what it is, but you know, it just seems there's a breakdown between medical professionals and health coaches and dietitians and health coaches. They're just as like, we got to break that down. We all got to work together and we got to do what's best for the best for our clients and not what's best for our pocketbooks is kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking about in, in an optimistic sense that, you know, health coaching and life coaching and all the, the whole coaching field is so young. And even in how state to state, it's um, being legally very differently handled and scope of practice is very different from one state to another. What you can and what you can't do is so different, even for RDs. And because it's so young, uh, we are kind of the ones that are weeding out the field for generations to come who hopefully have an easier time. Absolutely. So I'm curious, what are some of the common conditions you see in families that you work with that kids suffer from? You mentioned ADD. What other signs of perhaps a nutritionally related condition are you seeing most commonly? Well, you know, most of the time there is major gut issues. Um, just their microbiome is is out of whack and you it, you guys know that the gut holds so many neurotransmitters and it's so important to have a healthy gut and so typically you know cleaning up the gut by changing out the diet um it makes a big difference and then additionally i i encourage and it's not required with my program but i encourage people to do the micro uh nutrient blood panel tests so we can see where their deficiencies are. And with ADD, I mean, you will see deficiencies in vitamin D a lot, magnesium um, are kind of the most common ones. And then, you know, those are easily supplemented. Um, you, you really can't get a whole lot of it through food, but you know, the supplements are usually very easy to take. And 
So working with the gut and getting the gut cleaned up is really one of my first priorities. That's the, we'll talk about the pillars in a little bit, but that's one of my pillars is nutrition. Um, but in addition to that, one thing that people overlook the most is sleep. And typically kids with ADD have hard time sleeping. A lot of um, high stress uh, management people who suffer from a lot of autoimmune diseases due to all the stress that they're under, they have horrible sleep patterns. And so sleep is one place too that we go over in the program that you can make a huge difference in your health with sleep. A lot of people say, well, I sleep eight hours. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting the sleep that you need. A lot of times we might sleep eight hours, but we aren't going through our REM cycles and you know things are not the, you're just not getting out of your sleep what you need to get out of your sleep. I mean, your sleep is the restorative time of your day and things like EMFs and things like this can all disrupt our sleep patterns. So that's another big one. Well, some people fall asleep with the television on and leave the television on all night. So they're subjected to these background noises that don't let them drift off in, in, deep enough. They have this light that's constantly flickering and shining on them. And even some people just go to sleep with like lights on, like they fall asleep right. with the table light on and they sleep all the way through the night and you're just not getting the, the level of sleep, the deep sleep you need. You're going to bed too late, getting up too early or vice versa and your circadian rhythms are just all out of whack and that really wreaks havoc on, on your whole system. That's a huge stress to be your sleep to be out of whack that badly. Yeah. And, and you get these, you get all these different little facets in balance and it's, it's amazing how the body, you know, reacts back to you, pays you back forward. It's like, okay, you, you're taking care of me. I'm going to take care of you. And you start to see some awesome changes. I think once you start being aware and watch how environment influences the quality of your sleep, how you feel the day after, you really can't ignore it. I think only when you're not aware, you can ignore it. But once you start paying attention, it's just glaring, no pun intended. When we moved into our home here two months ago in Colorado, we it took us a couple of weeks to install our um, blackout curtains. Mm -hmm. And our neighbors have a light that shines through their yard, into our yard and into our bedroom window. And I would wake up so much earlier than normal. My sleep was probably an hour, an hour and a half less. And then as soon as we got the blackout curtains, I could sleep until seven in the morning, until, you know, instead of getting up at like 5.30, yeah. which is amazing. How can you ignore that? Right. And, and I, I don't know why people like have a hard time believing this. Like for instance, an amazing story here when we moved here. So we moved here and I started getting into understanding more about EMFs and how they affect sleep and where they're at and all this um, stuff. And I, a guy that I actually interviewed for my program, his name is Oren Miller, and he is a world-renowned expert with EMFs. And I hired him to help me clean up my home because I wanted to understand it more and I wanted to get rid of it more. And so he came in, he didn't come to my house because he's in California, but we kind of worked over the phone and FaceTime. And the very first thing that he had me do, which is very elementary, but it was the first step, was to turn off my Wi-Fi at night. And up until that point, Kevin had not had a solid night's sleep. And he says he can't remember last time that he didn't get up in the middle of the night. 
And I was having problems where I was like clenching my jaw while I was sleeping, kind of grinding my teeth. And I would wake up and my jaw would just be so tight. And sometimes I wake up with headaches. And so the first night we shut off the Wi-Fi, I used like a Christmas tree light timer, plugged my router into it and set it all up. That night, Kevin never got up once. And I woke up with just like a normal feeling jaw for the first time since we had moved here. Holy cow. Yeah. And the reason being is not realizing this, our router was in our basement, but it was directly below our bed. And so when I use the um, EMF reader and put it by my pillow, it was going crazy. And it was because my bed was directly below the router. And I would never have known that. But then once I knew it and I took it out, it was like, oh my goodness, life-changing. And I tell people that sometimes and they just can't believe that a router would cause that. But when you understand that we're electrical beings and EMFs are real electrical currents that are going on, your brain is never able to like get into complete rest when it just keeps going and going and going. So that was my experience with one of those type of things where I was just like, okay, now I know I can't ever forget that. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Our mm. friend, Bethany Drogman, who's been on our podcast before, uh, who works with moms and young children. She says that within 20 minutes of removing the EMF curtain around her toddler, she wakes up. Wow. So she says, if, if the curtain stays on, no problem. She sleeps within 20 minutes of removing it. She's up. And not to use an EMF curtain as an alarm clock for your babies, but (laughs) it's just so incredible how sensitive we are. And those of us who are physical empaths, we're more energetically sensitive. And of course, all the kids with sensory processing stuff, all of these currents are real. And it's so important that we are careful and manage what we can manage. Because the moment you walk into a public space and you look on your phone, there's, you know, 20, 30, 40 networks going through you. But in your home, you are the king of your castle and you can make things a little bit better. Absolutely. That, that's what I try to create. If you're home where we're at most of the time, like other than people that need, you know, go to the office, but my kids are here most of the time. I try to create a healthy home. I just want it to be as healthy as possible and lessen their toxic exposure mm-hmm. as much as I can here. Um, cause we can't get away from it. It's out there. It's going to be around us all the time. Whatever we can do to lessen that load. Yeah. Do. I was absolutely shocked to find out that modern electric cars, I'm not going to name any makes online, uh, have really high EMFs inside of them. And I was like, how crazy is it that the very thing we're trying to develop to, you know, save the environment and spare our carbon loads and all of that are actually going to take us out first. Right. I know. It's like what I always make the joke of, you know, people are all into these smart homes, but all these smart homes are doing, it's just, (laughs) it's okay if you're, if you have to press the buttons on your microwave to turn it on, you don't need one. It's just nuts. Yeah, totally nuts. So you spoke a little bit about cleaning out the gut, creating a healthy microbiome and the importance of Can you talk about the other pillars that you teach? Yeah, so the program is built on four pillars. It is nutrition, sleep, stress management, and supplementation. 
So supplementation can be through food or through actual supplements. Um, stress management, five-year-olds are stressed. I mean, one thing about stress is, you know, we have stress for a reason. It was built in us. So back in the day when we were cave men and women and that cyber two tiger was chasing us, boom, you know, our stress kicks in, our cortisol levels go high. We're able to run like crazy and get away from that tiger. And our life back then was, you know, maybe 10% stress, 90% chilling out, relaxing. We've completely reversed it. We're 90% stress. And if we're lucky, 10% relaxing. And what happens when those cortisol levels are so high, it just wreaks havoc on our bodies and it totally affects our sleep. And so that's stress management is huge. And people don't realize it, but especially kids with ADD, they know they're different. They feel the stress at school. They get that their teachers don't have patience for them. The kids don't really, you know, go and hang out with them that much. And I'm not saying this in judgment. I mean, I have two children with ADD, so I understand the stresses of ADD. Um, but our lives are, 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 are just off balance as to how we were created to be. And dealing with stress and getting stress management techniques is huge. So whether you're five years old or whether you're 65 years old, we all have to have a technique, several techniques that help lessen our stress load. And so the stress pillar, um, I really focus on doing life hacks, teaching you different types of stress management um, things to do. And then the supplementation, you know, I, I said earlier, I encourage to get that micronutrient um, blood test so we can kind of see where they are. People can work with their physicians to figure out, you know, what they need, how much to take to get their uh, micronutrient levels up. And then the sleep is huge. Again, there's so much that affects our sleep. I go through the sleep pillar and I talk about different hacks on how to improve your sleep. I teach people why our sleep is disrupted with the TV on, with eating too close to bedtime, um, using things like weighted blankets, how that helps people, especially with uh, ADD. I actually have a weighted blanket and and I don't have ADD. So I love them. They're really great little hack for sleeping. And then the nutrition, you know, and this is the part two, there is not one way that everybody should eat. I, I'm a big believer in whole real food. Like I believe everybody should eat whole real food, but if you want to be vegan, if you want to um, be vegetarian, if you want to do paleo, um, you know, everybody's got to find out what works for them and their bodies because our bodies are all different. So what works for me is not going to work for you. And what works for you is like, you know, a lot of people have huge success on the keto diet. I'm, I can't do it. I just, my body doesn't respond well to it. And, and I'm not a big person into fad diets either. Like I just believe in eating whole real food and then let's create what you like, what makes you feel good and do it, but use whole real food in the process. It's, it, it's an intense program. It's 12 weeks long. The first five weeks are solely educational. I just go through and teach the four pillars all five weeks, different um, subcategories of those pillars. And then week six is when it's implementation week. And I, I do that on purpose because I feel like the first five weeks really need to be a learning experience. 
It gives you time to start implementing the things that you want to try out that are going to be easy for you. And then by week six, you have enough information where you should be totally like geeked up and ready to go. <laughs> and it kind of gives you that motivation to, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. And then week six through 12 is the implementation week weeks. And, um, you know, I'm there with you every step of the way. It's an online program, but I have a weekly call with everybody an hour a week where we kind of dive deeper into your personal parts of the program, things that you need help with directly. And then um, after the program's over, one thing I stress is like, look, it took you a lot longer than 12 weeks to get to where you're at. It's going to take you a lot longer to completely heal yourself or see huge benefits. So I have a small monthly fee that I charge where they can have me on as their health coach and, you know, text me pictures of ingredients and I can help them out with deciding. Cause honestly, that's probably the hardest part with people is well, what do I eat? You know, they have a hard time reading ingredients. So it's yeah. a cool program. It, it's really helped a lot of people and it's changed my family's life. That's for sure. It sounds so great. And you've not only created it, but you've tested it and you've had the opportunity to really think about how you want to deliver it to people online. And I really look forward to experiencing what that's like once it launches in September 2019. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about EMFs and I really want to get your take on screens. Do you feel like screens and blue light are something that parents should be very aware of? And we're looking at some statistics where the average child has equal amounts with a screen as they have in bed, which really freaks me out. Oh, well, you know, Apple put on this thing with their phones where you could track your screen time, right? I've seen that, but hmm. so we put it on our kids' phones and there's also on Apple, a couple of things I want to talk about too, is you can limit your kid's time on their phone where all their apps actually shut off. And um, so we do that with our kids. And even with my 15 year old, who's in high school, I mean, you know, we as adults can't control ourselves on our phone. How do I expect my 15 year old to? So um, it's, it's a really cool tool that Apple has on their phones. And I'm not sure if Androids have it or not, but so you, you, as a parent, you set the appropriate amount of time that you think your child should have. And to be honest, research shows any more than an hour for kids is unhealthy. It affects their brain. And so you figure that out, what works best for your family. And then there's also curfews. So the phone will shut off. Let's say they haven't used their allotted time by nine o'clock, but you don't want them on their phone past nine o'clock. You can shut it off to where their phone shuts off at nine o'clock. And you can pick like all time is phone texting, whatever or their email, um, but everything else shuts off. Do you know the name of the app off the top of your head? It's right. It's right in the actual phone. It's called screen time. It's under oh, setting. screen time. Yep. Excellent. I need to install that for myself. Yeah. I don't think Android has that built in, but they might have, they're making a, an app that does it. I use an app that tracks how much time I do each thing and reports to me and sends me alerts if I'm doing too much, but I'm an adult, right? So I'm like, I'm trying to do it for more for productivity. Um, but it would be interesting to see. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to, to set, put limits on some of these things. And yeah, I mean, like you could give like Lena have the password and she could have, you know, the password for your phone and it, you can do that. I mean, that's kind of extreme, but like we have a password so the kids cannot add time unless 
my husband, and I don't even know the password anymore because I, I got so sick of dealing with it. He does it. But um, yeah, because here's the thing with screen time, it does affect our brains. It, it, there is enough research now that we cannot deny this anymore. And it, it messes with the circadian rhythm, you know, the blue light. Um, we try to be off all of our devices two hours before bed. And if I'm working late or if Kevin and I are watching a movie, I wear blue light glasses to kind of diminish the blue light that's going on that I'm getting just to help. Really, the best thing is to not have it. But if you have to in this world, and kids in high school, they're doing homework till sometimes 10, 11 o'clock at night. So I get it. We're in that world. Um, but the blue light glasses, you can get them on Amazon for under $10 and they, they do help. So I'm a big believer in those. Um, but the yeah, we have to be careful. And EMFs, like we really have got to open our eyes to this and realize that, yes, these devices and these things, they're cool and they are able to um, give us a little bit more freedoms and make life a little bit easier. But what is the cost? Right. What is the cost? You know, and just stop being the guinea pigs. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a wired headset. Let's do this. It's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. So, I uh, I have colleagues who work a lot with environmental sensitivities and people will move houses mm -hmm. because there's just something in the neighborhood. And I know it sounds really whack to people who are not in this world, but you can be in a house that makes you sick. And, um, you know, I feel bad for the people that buy it next, but you know, there's whole towns and, you know, there's so many stories and movies about all of this. And I feel like to the degree to which we can do it, let's not get AirPods for right. our little ones um also they're gonna lose them and they're really expensive <laughs> so what do you see maria as somebody who's married to an ex-professional athlete who is a coach and um you have been around probably tens of thousands active kids what do you feel the role is of physical activity in the overall health of our children and how do you feel parents can encourage it not in the way that I'm dropping my kids off at practice and picking them up or somebody else takes care of it, but how do we engage the whole family in this? Yeah. So here comes another shift in the way that society looks at things. So, you know, you have a great tryout and you make the, you get straight A's on your report card. Um, what do we do? We go and get ice cream or we, you know, go and eat McDonald's to celebrate. The shift has to happen at this at this level where um, we have to uh, get to the point where we celebrate as a family doing something healthy for ourselves and for our children. So your child has a great report card or they have a great tryout. We need to go to, do you hear that? Yeah. Uh-oh. I don't know how to cancel that out. Sorry. Is it on your computer? We can edit it. Okay. Can you hear me still? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's on my, it's my text messages coming through my computer and I just canceled it out, but it still did it. I like shut it down, but it's still. Hmm. Do you have a Mac? I wonder if I can lower that. Then you might not be able to hear us. I think you can put your phone in airplane mode. Well, it's not my phone. It's on my actual computer. Like I get text messages through my computer. So I, I don't have to. I turned that. Oh my gosh. Hold on one second. Okay, no worries. My son. So let me just tell him to stop texting me. Hold on. Stop texting. 
Okay, so funny. All right. Um, is it a, an Apple? Is it a Mac thing? Yeah, it's a Mac. Yeah, it's like I can't stop my my phone from ringing on my computer in the midst of calls. So even if you turn your phone off, it will still go to your phone. Yeah, it still goes to my computer. Like but mine, I like mine is tied to my phone. So if I I have an Android, and if I turn off my phone, my computer also will not get the the, the messages. Oh really? Yeah, because it like it gets the signal from the phone and then it forwards it. Like my the the computer itself is not tied into the Verizon network. Oh okay. Yeah, it's anno I mean, it's good because I don't have to have my computer or my phone with me all the time when I'm working, but it's annoying right now. So sorry about that. That's Hopefully. okay. We'll edit it out. We have the capacity. You want me to start with that question again? Sure. Okay. What was it? Oh. The question was... Um, I got it. I remember. When, when kids go to practice and you just... Movement is just in those athletic feats. What do you do as a family to involve your kids in being active? Okay, so this is where another mind shift has to happen from what society has taught us about celebrations and what we do as a family to to be a family and to do family unit things. Like, for instance, for the most part, we um, celebrate successes with going out to ice cream or going out to dinner, grabbing McDonald's, doing something that what is quote unquote fun with the kids. One of the things that we've changed is, you know, you have a success. Let's go for a hike as a family. Let's go for a bike ride. Let's go for a walk. Um, teaching kids to get back outdoors is something that we have to do. So, you know, my kids will play video games, but we try and teach them, okay, if you're an hour on video games and you need to be two hours outside and whether it's exploring running around the backyard or if it's going in the woods just get out and be in nature and move around and exercise and exercise is a big part of my program so we start off slow with 15 minutes a day of movement and for some kids that is all that they can do they're just not used to moving and it's you know the, i tell the parents get outside and walk with your kids for 15 minutes if it's a cold day you know just do some exercises in the house and you know there's a lot you can do with just body weight and so we do it 15 minutes a day for the first week and then we bump it up to 30 minutes a day and for some people that's about all i can get out is 30 minutes a day other people who are more geared up and ready to go they're ready to get onto a good exercise program either working with a trainer or just getting in the gym and or going out and running so it's very depending on the child and depending on the, or the adult that I'm working with, this is a very individualized um, place. And I kind of just work with them where they're at, because like I said, for some 15 minutes a day is a humongous accomplishment. And so we just do things in baby steps, Wonderful. but we got to change the way we think. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I don't know. Well, we have to change the way we act and make that filter down to the messages we show as role models to our kids so that as our kids grow up, they grow up in our influence, in the circle of our influence with what is normal in our family system, which might not be what society necessarily wants to put in us or wants to exploit us with. Um, and it's just such power for a parent to be able to teach as a role model teach lead with example yeah and it's interesting in this subject like i'm not afraid to tell people i hate exercising <laughs> I, 
I am not. Kevin wakes up 4.30. He's down in our gym in our basement. It is like, it is his fuel for the day. He has to work out every day. It's just part of him where I absolutely hate working out. And so I, I've changed my mindset on working out over the years. I used to work out to be skinny. I used to work out to look good. And now I work out to live like for my life, for my health. And by changing that and understanding exactly what happens when you work out and how good it is for our bodies and especially our brains, it, it, it's, it, I wouldn't say that I love working out, but I don't skip a workout anymore. And I, and I also took me to find something I love to do. And one workout for somebody is not going to necessarily be a great workout for somebody else. And so you, and don't give up, you know, like if you're stuck in a rut where you're just like, ah, I've tried this class. I don't like it. Or I yoga is too boring or whatever it is. Don't give up. Keep going. It took me years to find a workout that I absolutely love. And I don't want to say love because I don't love it, but the workout that I enjoy going to (laughs) and there's hope because I'm telling you, I promise as much as I've been involved in athletics, I was just always the one that struggled in this area. Mm-hmm. And um, so just, you know, don't give up on it, especially with kids, because they really, they do. They need to see an active family and they need to see that celebrations are done with the family being active, not being like said, you know, where you're not moving and just eating ice cream. We're just sending the wrong message with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Maria, for, for a lot of families, this is going to be, well, let's be honest. Okay. For a lot of families, it's going to be big changes. I mean, some families might, you know, like minor changes to their lifestyle, but a lot of them, it's going to be big changes and parents are thinking, I can't do this. What do you say to them? What is your encouragement? Okay. So the first thing I say is don't look at me and think I can't do this because it took me seven years to get to where I'm at. It is 100% I am a big believer in one swap at a time when it comes to food. That's my logo of my business is one swap at a time. You do not go and clear out your entire pantry tomorrow. You will not succeed. Um, You have to do this slowly. It has to be integrated slowly. That's why I give only little hacks once a week because I give them just enough that they can do that as reasonable And then when it comes to implementation of food, we don't go gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free all at once. We take it slow. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they think they have to do it all overnight. And in the 12 weeks, you might not get it all. It might not happen. Or whatever program you decide to do, it might not happen within the walls of that program. But you take those tools that you've learned and you slowly integrate it into your family, and you just promise yourself, every day I'm just gonna get better. So maybe the kids are still eating mac and cheese for dinner, but they're eating you know, eggs for breakfast. Okay, that's a win. Let's just start with a win. And don't pressure yourself in having to have things perfect because it's not going to be, and it takes a long time to get to where you know, somebody where I'm at is, and you just have to be realistic with the expectations. It's not going to happen overnight, but, you know, not giving up and not allowing excuses to get into your way is going to be a huge thing. You have to power through those tough times, knowing that there's going to be just amazing stuff on the other side. 
So, I mean, that would be my thing is just the guilt can't get involved. You've got to let the guilt go, do the best that you can, but at the same time, don't let the excuses ruin it because we're all full of those. <laughs> I love the attitude and I also love the fact that it's like a little couple steps at a time that are doable because it's not like one of the things that Lelina and I, when we work with people, unless there's some sort of medical necessity, if we, if you do something that turns somebody's life upside down, it's just a recipe for disaster and failure and misery. And so, and I, so I like your attitude because it leads to long-term success, but also because uh, it's very, I don't know, it's just a little bit more open-minded than a lot of people where they, they have an all or nothing attitude that if you don't do all of these things and get the gluten and the sugar and the, and the everything out, like on day one, you're just not, you're just not doing it right. So, so kudos yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I think because I lived it, you know, it, it's really different when you live out this and, and can go on and help people than when you are reading about it and you think, okay, this will work. But when you have actually implemented it and done it with five kids and a crazy insane house, you have a lot more grace and understanding because you've been there and you've done that. So that's, that's probably the biggest part for me is my own journey has caused me to not be judgmental or, you know, unrealistic in, in expectations with people. And so I'm thankful for that. And, you know, it's one thing to implement when you're like, oh, well, our chef helped us figure it out. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it, sometimes you, you will watch some of the people who are teaching about nutrition approaches to health online. And it's like the house where this was shot has staff. Right? Like it's very hard for me to pay attention right now because somebody pre-cut all your ingredients that you're putting in a pretty bowl right now. Jeeves, please bring me my paleo bowl. Right? <laughs> and it's just not realistic. I'm not saying that what's being taught out there is not valuable, but where people find it really difficult is actually in the implementation and seeing real role models, real moms and real dads and real kids who are living it and they're doing great. So I'm very happy you're out there in the world providing the incredible information and transformation that you are. We talked a little bit about your 12 week program. It launches in September and we're going to update um, the link in the show notes as soon as we know the exact date and we're also going to share it in our newsletter so those of you listeners who are not on our newsletter uh, hop over to eatmovelive52.com and just get the latest free download because that'll easily uh, put you on our newsletter uh, it's 10 ways to get outside more so you still have time before <laughs> summer's over to even use what's in the download not just use it to get on our newsletter and uh, find us on facebook Follow us on Instagram. We are ourselves, Roland Denzel and Galena Denzel. So we're easy to find. And we'll be sharing Maria's program when it comes out. Also, her website, Swap It Healthy, will be in the show notes so that you can follow her and not miss a beat from everything that she's doing. Maria, I'm imagining this program is also going to offer parents and families a way to support each other yeah. and seeing how they're all doing on these weekly calls. 
Yeah. So we have, well, we have a Facebook group already started with uh, clients that I've already been uh, working with. And um, so as soon as you sign up, you get added to that Facebook and it's a great community. It's people that are dealing with, you know, similar things. Um, we talk about low life hacks that are in there. I talk about my, my son who is basically our chef in our family. He's only nine years old and he's, so you he's have a private chef. I do. I do. I Yes, you got to teach these kids young, but he's got his own garden outside that he gardens. He, you know, he'll cook salmon dinners. He grills out. I mean, this kid, you know, you build an excitement with kids. And so we'll post things in there about different ideas to do with kids, obviously all age appropriate, but, um, you know, it's just, it's a great community and it, and it's great to have the support and be around people who completely understand what you're going through. I remember while you were still in California, Roland and I as Jamie Oliver, Food Revolution Day ambassadors did an event at Athlete's Choice at your gym. And we had the kids there grilling in little packets, grilling different vegetables. And I remember it being so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. I mean, you get kids involved with food and I I just, I mean, that's like a lifelong learning lesson that they're going to take with them. And it's just great. That's awesome. I can't wait to check out your program and we're going to put everything in the show notes. I saw you on Instagram. What is the best way for people to follow you and uh, to kind of get in touch with you and see what you're all about? Yeah. So Instagram is um, swap underscore it underscore healthy. And then Facebook is swap it healthy one with the number one. Um, some people stole my name and so I can't get it just nice and clean, but anyway, so yeah, you, both of those places are probably best. Um, and then my website, swapithealthy.com is a great place to get information and the products and the pricing are, are, will be on that website too. So. Well, that is awesome. We will put all of that in the show notes so people can just click it and, um, and don't have to worry about stopping your car or stopping your walk right now and writing it down. It's all going to be in the show notes. I love the swaps on your website and on your Instagram page. They remind me of the old eat this, not that, but actually better. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I like it too. It's just a great way to see like that the little changes like add up. Like, cause if you can like do one of these swaps, like every week or it's 52 like that. swaps a year. Yeah. And some of the swaps are some of the swaps are super easy. Like no one's even going to notice the swap happened. So like, why not just when the super toxic uh, air purifier canister disappears from your bathroom and your (laughs) mother-in-law asks you, what is she supposed to spray with? That's when you notice. (laughs) You say, turn on the fan lady. (laughs) Oh, so good to have you on Maria. Thank you for your generosity of, time and sharing invaluable information and just being so kind and um, knowledgeable and all the work I know as somebody in the health field how much work it goes into making yourself better and better so thank you for doing it it's much gosh thank you guys for having me and thank you uh, Galena for planting that seed many years ago in me because you know that's a thing little tiny seeds they might take a little while to grow but it's grown and I really appreciate it so cool it makes me so happy (laughs) thanks again for joining us maria thank you guys 
Hey, thank you for listening. If you like the show, why not subscribe using the podcast app of your choice and get each episode delivered to you automatically. If you love the show, consider sharing it or leaving a rating or review using the links in the show notes. You can find your free downloads and all the ways to work with us at eatmovelive52.com slash podcast guest. And thank you for listening to the Eat Move Live 52 podcast. Thank you.